And I want to share just for a few moments with you. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about a statement that Jesus made where he declared that I am the light of the world. And in the book of John, we actually see multiple times where he makes these I am statements. And, uh, and yet we've been talking about over the last really two weeks um, about what Jesus meant when he said that I am the light of the world and what that really means. And so I want to share just a couple of things with you here in a, the next few moments that we have together and uh, about this and what the Christmas season is all about. Uh, because it is a defining moment, not just for us, but also for all of humanity. And uh, and so there are some things, you know, that I would like to share this morning. And, uh, you know, there was one line actually there towards the end of the, the play that they just did that really kind of uh, stuck out to me. And he said that it was actually Daniel's character of the dad there. And he said that our our lives were forever changed by the events of this story. And many of us are here this morning because Jesus really has changed our life is that there was a life before him and there's a better life after we've come into relationship with him. And that's really what Christmas is all about was Jesus making the way so that we could actually have a personal relationship with God. And, uh, and so when he makes this statement though, and uh, you know, where he, he declares that I am the light of the world. What he's really saying is that, hey, you've been in darkness, but I've come so that you could now have light. And so we know the scriptures and these will be somewhat familiar scriptures for some of you. But in John chapter three, verse 16, it says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only his unique son as a gift. And so now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but will experience eternal life or everlasting life. And so most people know that one is that God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. But verse 17 says that God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but it was to be its savior and to rescue it. And so the reason that we actually celebrate this season in this time of Christmas really is about verse 17. Is that in the Old Testament, we see really the law, which it represents the rules and the regulations and really the criteria that it took to come to God was, hey, it was all about outward perfection and outward performance, if you will. And yet here it says that Jesus came not to judge us, not to condemn us, but they actually came to save us and to rescue us and to be into now this relationship with God. And so in Isaiah chapter nine, it actually foretold of this day because in the old Testament pre Jesus days, it said that the people lived in darkness. In other words, they were following rules and regulations, but not really understanding fully why they just had to, it was just, Hey, obey the speed limit. Do these things, sacrifice this. But there wasn't that connection of saying, hey, I have this connection. And yet in Isaiah, he, uh, he's a prophet and he foretells about a future day. And in verse 2 of chapter 9, he says that the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who, uh, it says, for those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will begin to shine. You know, and this is really a prophetic scripture about Jesus and what he would do and the role that he would play is that, let me say it another way, is that Jesus came so that we would no longer have to be lost. So that we could now be in a relationship and, and walk with understanding and illumination. And so in John chapter 8, I've already referenced this scripture a couple of times. Jesus makes this statement. He says that I am the light of the world. 
And he says, if you follow me, which that's a conditional word. And sometimes we don't like to talk about those words. But if, in other words, this is who I am. And if you do this, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Because you will have the light that leads you into life. You know, that is God's desire. It is the reason that Jesus came was so that we could actually experience real good life. It doesn't mean that we won't have trials, but what it means is we don't face them alone. Is that we're not serving a God who we just know about from our head or from our knowledge, but it actually is that, hey, we have a relationship with the Father. And that there's everything that we face and every challenge that comes our way that I'm not trying to just do it by myself and in my own strength. But now I have a father who gives me wisdom, who helps me understand things, who gives me the strength to walk through the days ahead and the days to come. And so when Jesus makes this statement about him being the light of the world, he's not just talking about a physical light like one of these up here. You know, I mean, we understand natural light. What he's really talking about is a spiritual light because he says, hey, you were born into darkness and I've come to shine a new light into not just your natural realm, but actually into your soul. Why? Because there's a life that God wants for us. And this is the reason that Jesus came. He came to give us this light, even though we were in spiritual darkness. So it's not head knowledge. It's actually heart It's this connection, this relationship that we can have. And so faith is not static. In other words, it's not just, hey, I prayed a prayer one time and now I'm a Christian and I'm saved. Faith is dynamic. And what do I mean by that is that it is something that is to be walked out and lived out and repeatedly experienced. Salvation is not a one time I came to the altar and I prayed a prayer thing. It's a relationship to be had over and over and over again, you know, and so, I mean, I've been married uh, for a number of years and I didn't just go to an altar one day and commit my life to her one day. I have to commit my life to her every day. And the same is true when we start talking about a relationship with God. Is that we made a a commitment and a covenant to the Lord. And so our faith is to continue pursuing him. In John chapter 1, we're going to read a couple of verses here. uh, Starting off in verse 6. But it says that God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. It says John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The Bible actually tells us long before the events that there would be a man who would come before the Messiah declaring him to come. And that's what this verse is talking about. It it really is pointing out and confirming that John the Baptist was actually, as the Old Testament calls him, a voice crying out in the wilderness, saying that the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, he was a pre-runner. He he went before Jesus declaring, hey, I'm not the man that you're looking for, but the one that you've been looking for for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, he's here and he's coming. And, and so and he even, I think it's interesting here how he says that, that I am not the light, but that he is the light. 
And so when Jesus comes into our life and when we walk in the wisdom and the understanding of Christ, it is like, like we, we've lived in darkness, but now the Lord is actually turning on the light so that we can see where we're going and see what's happening. And there's this relationship and connection to be had. And so if Jesus comes and he declares that, hey, I am the light of the world, well, what does that mean for us? Like, what does that look like in our day-to-day life? And in verse 14 of John 1, he says it this way. He says that the word became human and made his home among us. See, prior to Jesus, God was just afar off. There was no real connection, close relationship to be had. But yet it says here that the word became human. He made his home among us. And he said this is that he was full of unfailing love. And this translation says faithfulness. Other translations would say he was full of love and grace. And it says, and uh, we have seen his glory in the glory of the father's one and only son. Verse four and five of John one says this, that the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. See, the, the truth of the scriptures is this, is that I don't know about for you, but I know for me, prior to coming into a relationship with Jesus, I was looking for something. I didn't know what I was looking for, but I was looking for something. I knew that I was missing something. I, didn't, I couldn't put it into words. I couldn't define it. I couldn't have told you what I was looking for, but I knew in my heart that there was something that I didn't have that I needed. And when I came into a relationship, now notice I didn't say when I came to church. Because I grew up in church. And so a relationship with God does not equate just coming to church. A relationship with God is a relationship with God. Like a personal relationship. And Jesus came to separate the divide between us as human beings and him being our heavenly father. And so Jesus came to be able to bring us back. And so he says... That the word gives us life. Well, the word here is referring to Jesus. Is that Jesus gives life to everything and that his light or that his life brought light. And it says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Let me say it another way is that there's nothing that we can do that can diminish the power and the light of Christ. And when we turn to him and we look to him, the power of God goes into action, goes into work for us. And it begins to work and it doesn't make us perfect in a moment, but it can help us grow and it can help us develop and it can help us mature in our faith as we continue to walk with the Lord. That's why Jesus said, if you walk with me, you won't have to walk in darkness if you'll come and walk with me. See, that's a relational type of terminology there. Like, hey, let's go for a walk. It's not just a one-time decision. It's, it's a journey, if you will. And so Jesus is making this statement. And in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 30, it says this. It's a declaration. It says, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. Isn't that good news? Is that God has provided salvation for all people, not just the select few, not just the good ones, not just the ones that are popular, not just the ones who maybe have their stuff together. No, is that God has provided salvation for all people. And everyone is available to this. And he goes on and he says, and this is the purpose of, of why Jesus came. It says that he is a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. 
See, Jesus came to reveal the nature and the character of God. See, none of us have ever seen what the heavenly father looks like. And yet here the scriptures tell us that Jesus came to reveal God to all of us. So if we want to know what the heavenly father's like, we can look to Jesus. What did Jesus do? We just read it in John where it says that he came with unfailing love and grace. See, Christmas is the story of redemption. It's God coming to us, not in judgment, but it's God coming to us in grace and in love saying, I love you where you are, but my grace will not leave you there. My my grace is going to help you grow. Let me say it this way, beyond your issues, beyond your hangups, beyond the things that you think keep you from having a, a vibrant relationship with God, Jesus came so that his grace could go to work in, in us so that we could now have a relationship with the Father. This is why Jesus came. And, and so we, we, we understand that, that Jesus came to reveal the nature and the character of God. And, and so sometimes I believe that God gets a bad rap. We, we see him just like, the, you know, even in pictures, you see him sitting on a throne room with this like light But there's no face. There's nothing to recognize. There's nothing to relate to. It's just this being. Well, how how do you have a relationship with something that you can't see or understand or put some kind of shape and form to? And yet we do have that in the person of Jesus. We see his character in nature. It says that everywhere that Jesus went, he did two things. He went about doing good and healing people. He loved people. He cared for people. He was attentive to people. He was meeting their needs. When he saw people who were hungry, he fed them. Even if it required miracles, he thought that was enough to provide lunch. We see moment after moment after moment where Jesus kept going out and to touch people and to love people. And whatever their need was is that he would be able to meet them. And see, this reveals the nature and the character of God is that sometimes we look at him from an Old Testament perspective as he's the judge sitting on the throne with the gavel waiting to say, guilty, guilty. And that is not what Jesus came for. The Old Testament reveals that, hey, there is a standard and there is a way to live, yes. And it doesn't mean that Jesus abolished that. Jesus actually says, I didn't come to abolish it. I came to fulfill it. And now I'm going to empower you because they were trying. Because really the Old Testament was all about their best efforts to fulfill the law. How many of you ever tried to just keep the Ten Commandments? That's just ten of them. There's almost, there's actually over 800 laws in the Old Testament. Well, that's hard to do in and of ourselves. But yet Jesus says, hey, but my grace is for you. And my grace will empower you. You're like, well, what is the grace of God? I define it this way. It is the power of God at work in me. In what way? In every way. It's the power of God. It's the ability of God at work within me to what? So that I can be what God has created me to be. So I can be who he's called me to be. So that I can come into relationship with him. This is the reason that Jesus came. And so... um, In John chapter 1, verse 18, it says that no one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart, and he has revealed God to us. This is the reason that Jesus came. 
It's so that we could be in personal relationship, so that we could share with others what God has done for us. And he still wants to do in them as well. See, every one of us have a story to tell. Every one of us have a a reason that we can worship God. Every one of us have a testimony that we can share with someone else. And, And the best thing about our testimony is this, is that what God has done in me, God will do in you. Doesn't mean that we're perfect, but we have a God who loves us. And just as it said there in John 3, is that God so loved us that he sent Jesus. What was the motivation for Jesus coming? It was love. Is that God loved us and he cared for us. And so how do we continue now to walk in this relationship with God? Is it just like what Jesus declared? He says that I am the light of the world. We have to walk in light. That word light could also be... um, defined or or translated this way as illumination and sometimes what can happen though and and so well let me say this is that um that jesus called and he says that i am the light of the world but he calls us to live in light he and you're like well what does that mean and understanding and wisdom and and knowledge of the word of god the character of god and he calls us into this lifestyle if you want to call it that It's really a way of being. The Bible says it this way, is that we we have to become a new creation. We have to be born again and come into relationship with God. Why? Because we were spiritually dead, which put us into darkness. But yet when we get saved, the Bible says that we are transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And so what happens many times, I believe, and, and I believe that many Christians get stuck in a place Because we get some um, illumination in an area of our life. So like, let me give you an example of this because it's a progression. Because how do I get from knowing that God loves me to knowing that God has forgiven me of my sins to actually living beyond just my past and my mistakes and my guilt and my shame? There's there's a progression that has to happen. And, And so what happens is, is that I believe that we get illumination. In other words, the light bulb clicks like, hey, I am messed up and I need a savior. Okay, well, that's a, that's a light bulb moment. And then there's some illumination that, hey, I'm a sinner in need of grace. I'm, I'm in need of the mercy of God. And so we have that moment that we come to where we realize my best is not good enough. Okay, but what do I do after that? Like I can pray and I can ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life and forgive me of my sins and, and help me. But many times we want to leave Jesus there on the cross. Like he paid for my sins. But how many of you know that Jesus got off the cross? He did get out of the grave. And the Bible says that he came out of the grave in resurrection life. And that's what he calls us to. And so what happens, and I believe this is the progression, is that we have to move from just that initial illumination, that initial light bulb moment, And we have to what? We have to begin to pursue some understanding. In a biblical term, it would be revelation. In other words, it's got to be more than head knowledge. It's got to be something in here that changes. In our innermost being, the Bible talks about that that the knowledge has to drop. Well, there's, there's a big difference from here to here. How many of you know some things that you should probably be doing, but you just don't do them? There are certain things. That I like to drink. That I know are not good for my body. Dr. Pepper. Right? I know. Nobody has to tell me it's not good for me. But yet I drink it anyways. 
And there are things that we all know in our head that we should or should not do. But yet we continue to walk in that way. Well, what's the difference? It's having an understanding and a revelation. And many times, I believe as Christians, as believers, and even those who really want to have a relationship with God, we have a a, a head knowledge. We're like, yes, I know Jesus died for me. And yes, I know Jesus came that I would have a relationship with God. But it stops there. It's just this surface level, like intellectual understanding that God wants a relationship with me versus actually changing from being just understanding or just a concept to really having a reality that God loves me. That God sent Jesus so that I would have a relationship with him. And that's that revelation, that light, that, that illumination has to change into a real heartfelt understanding that God wants me to know him. Be in relationship with him. And so it has to move. So, so it's kind of this progression. It starts as illumination that turns, really gives way to some revelation. And that revelation is what leads us into an experiencing salvation. Because sometimes we can think, well, I'm just going to get saved here. And one day when I get to heaven, God's going to make everything right. Everything's going to be good there. And I think Jesus is probably going to tell us, like, do you realize what you missed out on in earth? Like, there was more that I wanted to do. And, and man, you had to face a lot of things by yourself that I never wanted you to face. That, that I'd sent my grace to help you, but you never tried to access it. You never tried to connect to it. Because it was just that head knowledge. It was just, well, I know what the Bible says and I know what the preacher says. I know what my mom said. And, but, I, but there's not that connection. See, that revelation is when you grab hold of it. And you say, no, this is mine. I am a new creation in Christ. My past may be what my past is, but I'm not held to my past any longer. That I am forgiven and I am the righteousness of God. And that God is no longer looking to to punish me for my wrongs because all of that was poured out on Christ. That now I can come, as the Bible says, that I can come boldly to the throne of God. Is that I don't have to come sheepishly. I don't have to come timidly. Is that I can come boldly. Why? Because I have an understanding of who Jesus is and why he came and what he accomplished for me. And what he did was kick the doors wide open for me, the Bible says, to come into the throne room of God. So that what? So that I can come and ask for grace in my time of need. Say, God, I I need your help right now. This is why Jesus came. See, Jesus gives us insight and, and really revelation comes so that gives us the wisdom so that we can live it out. And as we begin to walk in that wisdom, as we begin to walk in that revelation, we actually begin to walk in a salvation experience, a real knowing and an understanding that God is with me, that God is for me, that he's on my side, that I'm not trying to just do my best to try to do what I can while I can so that somehow to appease God. No, Jesus came, the Bible says, to be our substitute. He became, yes, the bridge, but he also became our our, our substitute. He took our place. Why? The Bible says that perfection stood in our place. Why? Because none of us are perfect. And God knew that. And the Bible says that there had to be a sacrifice for sin. There had to be a sacrifice for us. And so he sent Jesus. 
who willingly laid down his life. Sometimes we can get into the idea that that Jesus had to do this. But the Bible says that that's just not true, that he chose. It was his decision that at any moment he could have just said, no, I don't want to do this. Isaiah 53, there's this beautiful scripture. I think it's one of the most beautiful scriptures in all of of the Bible, really. And it says this, is that when the Savior sees the, the reward... From his sacrifice. Now this is my translation of it. It's at the end of Isaiah 53. By the way, his reward is you. It's me. And when he looks out over the sea of humanity that received him as savior. He will say every one of you were worth it. Such a beautiful scripture. Is that He won't think of the pain and the agony. He'll think of the fruit that came from his sacrifice, which is us. And this is what Christmas is all about. It's about God reconciling the world unto himself, bringing us back into relationship with him. See, it's one thing to know the truth. It's one thing to know a principle. It's another thing to walk in the wisdom and the truth and the understanding and the life and the light that the truth brings into our life. See, this is why we... Come to Jesus. Because there is life for us. In Psalms 36 verse 9 it says this. The psalmist declares this. For you are the fountain of light. And the light by which we see. See outside of Jesus. There won't be light for you. You will walk in darkness. And you're like well that sounds terrible. It is. But the good news is you don't have to. You can have the light of Christ just as he declared that I am the light of the world. You can have his light. You can have his understanding in your life. For everything that's on your plate right now, everything that's weighing you down, Jesus has an answer for you. And it may not be the answer that we always like. It may not always be the one that I fully understand in the moment. But I've been serving the Lord for over two decades and I've seen time after time after time that God is faithful. That I see the wisdom and the hand of God at work in my life. And even in the times that I didn't understand, in the times of the struggle and in the times of the frustration that I can see where God was working and God was developing things in me. Sometimes some of the hardest points of my life that I'm going, God, get me out I'm glad he didn't because there were things in my character, things within me that needed to be worked out. Now, we don't always like to talk about that. But yet God is in the process of what? Producing salvation in every part of our life. Because he wants us to live in the light. Why? Because when we live in the light of the word of God, we live in the power of God. In the ability of God to work for us and in us so that ultimately it will work out of us. You know, a couple weeks ago I shared with the church is that, you know, Jesus makes a statement about I am the light of the world. But then Matthew tells us, the book of Matthew also says that we are the light of the world. Jesus said this. He said that I am, but then he says, hey, if you walk in my light, you become the light to the world around you. And so everywhere that we go, we're sharing the hope and the love of Christ with people. 
And this is the beauty of the, of the Christmas story. Is that it, the Christmas story is actually still being written. It's not a closed chapter. It's not over. It's that God is still writing his story every year. And that's one reason why we celebrate Christmas. It's, not, it's, it's a great time for getting together with family and friends. And we'll all do that. And all the festive things that come. And all of those things are wonderful. But the reason that we celebrate is to remind us that God came in the form of a human being just like we are. And yet he was perfect and he paid an ultimate price so that we could be in relationship with God. And so this morning, I would invite you to to do some self-evaluation, if you will. Are there areas of your life where you know what God thinks, where you know what God says, but you just know it in your thoughts? You're not actually walking in the understanding and the revelation of that. Like, well, how do I move from head knowledge to like some real heart knowledge? Get into the word of God, begin to study the word of God and find out what is this? How do I deal with this area of my life? How do I deal with this attitude? How do I deal with this thought? How do I, how do I deal with this sin in my life? You get into the word of God and you begin to confess the word of God. You begin to speak the word of God. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. And so you begin to put God's word. Why? Because God's word is our light. The psalmist wrote and said, hey, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In other words, it's going to tell me where I'm at right now and it's going to tell me where I'm going. And so you can begin to pray and you begin to ask the Lord to help me. Say, Father, I I know it here, but I know I'm not walking in the truth of it. Because here's the thing, when, when you get revelation, there's actual ability that comes with it. The power of God goes into work. And it's not just in my effort that I'm trying to do things. It's actually a cooperation with the grace of God that's in our life. That now I can walk in what God has for me. You can walk in what God has for you. See, this is really what the Christmas story is all about. Is that Jesus came to bring us into relationship with God. And so this morning, I know that in this room, there's all kinds of people. There's people online today joining us. And we've got all, you know, different places in our spiritual journeys. But regardless of where we are, God calls us into a deeper relationship with him. And he calls us into a deeper relationship with him. And he he calls us into a deeper relationship with him. And so you may be here today and you say, man, I need to start my relationship with God. I don't don't even know, like, I don't know where step one is. Well, we want to help you with that. Step one is this, is the Bible says that you have to acknowledge that Jesus is the Savior. Is that we can sing pretty Christmas carols and songs about the Savior who came. And we can sing, uh, you know, just different lyrics. But again, that's just words that come off of our lips. But what are they doing in our heart? See, so the Bible says that we have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Like, well, how do I know that? By faith. It's not, you're never going to have a hundred percent assurance. Now you can be firmly convinced, but I don't know that we'll ever just be a hundred percent this side of heaven. 
But it requires faith. And so I believe that Jesus is the son of God and I ask for the forgiveness of my sins and that's my acknowledgement of God, I need you. And the Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is who the Bible says that he is, that you confess your sins before him, that you will be saved. We looked at the scripture here just a few moments ago that, that God has sent salvation to all. Well, all who will receive it. That's the only criteria that it takes to be saved. You have to receive the grace of God. And so I want to pray this morning. I want to lead us all in a, a corporate prayer. But if, this, if you're here this morning, if you're online today, and you're like, man, I, I've, I've never really surrendered my heart to the Lord. Look, I grew up in church. I prayed lots of prayers. I just never meant them. But there did come a day where I meant it. And you may be like me and you were raised in church. You're like, oh yeah, I got saved as a kid. But did you mean that prayer? Is there that connection between you and the Lord? Because Jesus became real to me in a day. In a moment of time. Everything that I'd heard about. There was a revelation that happened. There was a light bulb moment for me. You may be here this morning and, and at one time you walked with the Lord, but it's been a while. And you're like, man, I need a restart. I need to, I, I need to, I need to reconnect with God. You can pray this same prayer with us. And the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, then you will be saved. So to everyone just bow your heads with me this morning. We're going to pray corporately together this morning. Father God, I just thank you for every person that's in this room this morning, every person that's joined us online today. Father, I thank you that your grace is reaching out to every one of us. Right where we are and exactly with what we have in front of us and the, the, the weights and the struggles of our life. But Father, I thank you that Jesus came so that we don't have to face it alone. Father, I thank you for your grace, your goodness your love and your compassion towards us. Father, your word declares that even while we were sinners, when we hadn't even thought about you or looked to you or even considered to follow you, that Christ still died for us. That, Father, even in the midst of our mess that you were working. Father, I thank you that you're still the God who works in the middle of messes. That you desire to reveal yourself and your goodness. That, Father, that Jesus came to reveal your, your grace and your faithfulness and your compassion and your love to us. So, Father, we stand firm on that today. That we have a Savior who loves us and cares for us and is attentive to us. That he never abandons us. He never leaves us without help or support. And so, Father, even during this holiday season... Would you help remind us of your love and your care for us? Father, that you're not a far off, but you're the, the God who came near. You came close to us. Father, that we could walk in the newness of life. In the power of Christ. Through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Father, we thank you for it. 
Would everyone just pray this with me? I'm going to lead you in a prayer of salvation today. And so if, if you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you want to restart your relationship, just attach your faith. And, and that word faith simply means belief. That, hey, I believe the words that I'm saying. So would everyone just pray this with me? Say, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus came for me. That he lived a perfect life. Because I never can. Father, I acknowledge my own sin. But I thank you that forgiveness is available to me right now because of Jesus. So, Father, I thank you that you're going to help me move from just this head knowledge into real revelation knowledge that I could walk in the power of Christ. I thank you for it right now. In in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, hey, let's show some support this morning to those who are making these decisions.